Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast with Dr. William Choctaw, MD, JD. Our mission is to empower you with the knowledge and the tools you need to thrive in all aspects of your life. Join us now as we discuss everything from nutrition and exercise to money management and personal growth. Dr. Choctaw will provide insightful advice on how to improve your physical and financial health, as well as your emotional and mental well-being. Whether you're looking to boost your energy levels, unlock financial freedom, or cultivate a more positive mindset, we've got you covered. Get ready to become the best version of yourself. So let's get started. Here's Dr. William Choctaw, MD, JD. Good morning. I'm Dr. William T. Choctaw. Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast. We're delighted to have you with us. Uh, And as we've said before, the podcast is part of our Leadership Masterclass series and hopefully designed to help you to improve your life and your leadership. So let's get started. Today, we're going to talk about your brain's happy center and how to develop your brain's happy center. Yes, you do have a happy center in your brain, and we're going to talk about in detail how you can develop that center to be happier, wealthier, and wiser. I believe life is about being of service to others. I believe knowledge is power. I believe leaders can change the world. As always, I start off with my beliefs, and I do that for two very important reasons. One reason is to let you know what I do believe and what my basic philosophy is and what I have learned. And also, secondly, to encourage you to have a set of known beliefs that you can articulate. I remember beliefs or our belief systems we can change or modify. And thirdly, it is to emphasize the importance of our basic beliefs in terms of our mental health uh, and in terms of our actions and feelings. As always, we like to put out an outline and give you an outline and so you know what we're going to talk about, and as importantly, to let you know when we're, ju- when we're just about done. I realize that you're all very, very busy people doing a lot of different things all at the same time, and I am very appreciative that you have chosen to share a few of those precious minutes with us today. We're going to talk about the definition of happiness. Uh, We're going to talk about how the brain is connected to happiness. And most importantly, we're going to talk about how you can actively participate uh, in improving your level of happiness by exercises that you can do uh, involving different parts of your brain. Yes, indeed, your brain is a very dynamic um, organ, if you will. Um, And consciously, we can do some things that can have impact on what we believe, what we think, what we feel, and how we act. And we'll end up with my basic principles. And so when we get to that point, then you'll know that we're just about done. One of the suggestions that I'm going to make in terms of brain development and and, uh, our happiness center is that you not participate in smoking or alcohol. Now, I realize that um, uh, at least the alcohol part, there may be different opinions about that, but I personally believe that anything that affects or can potentially affect uh, your brain function in a non-medicinal way, 
um, it should be avoided. This is based on, and, and these podcasts specifically are based on my 75 years of life and my more than 50 years of experience as a healthcare professional, um, as a physician. As we mentioned before, uh, we are very, very interested in you being healthy. Um, and we add to that, uh, what, how do you define success? And most of the times, if you ask most people how they would find success or what success means to them, they would suggest to you it is being happy. And so we're going to talk about happiness today and give you some suggestions about how you can develop your happiness center. <clears throat> so what is the definition of happiness? My definition of happiness is repeated joy. Very simple, very basic. Repeated joy. If you've ever seen a little child, let's say four or five years of age, let's say a little girl, um, who loves cupcakes, and you give her a cupcake that she has not had, say, for two or three weeks, imagine the look on her face when she takes her first bite of that cupcake. That is what happiness looks like. Imagine a six-year-old boy uh, who has always wanted uh, a puppy. And uh, for over a year, he's asked for a puppy. He's seen his friends with puppies. And you come home one day and you give him a small puppy. Imagine what that look on his face is like. That's what happiness is. Imagine another little child. Let's say he's seven and he's not seen his um, friends for a while. Let's say they moved away and his best friend moves back into the neighborhood. And let's say he's shy, uh, but he sees his best friend for the first time and not for a long time. Imagine what that, what that look is like on his face. That is the look of happiness. I mention all that because I want you to be able to recognize happiness when you see it. Certainly, you recognize it when you feel it, but it's important that we also see it in others. Happiness is sort of like someone once said, wasn't me, that happiness is like jam. You can't spread it even a little bit without getting some on yourself. And that's probably true. Uh, and that's a good thing. I always like to say happiness is bi-directional. Um, and what I mean by that is that if you're happy and you're exuding or demonstrating that happiness in your interaction with another person, many times that person may very well respond likewise uh, in similar manner to you. And so you may not only give happiness to someone else, but be able to create a circumstance that you receive happiness yourself. So I like to think of happiness as being bi-directional. So what we're going to talk about is that we're going to get into discussion about the brain um, and where these feelings occur. Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, a process called a mental exercise of your brain, of your happiness center. 
And when we talk about exercise of your brain, we're not talking about learning more things or uh, becoming smarter or learning better numbers or or learning how to do certain tasks more efficiently. We're talking about feelings. This so this is not about tasks. This is solely about feelings. Well, your brain is like what we want to do is treat your brain like a muscle, if you will. Think about if you're an athlete. Um, let's say you um, um, uh, run marathons or you play uh, soccer or basketball or whatever, uh, you basically have to be in shape. You have to uh, exercise. You have to work out. Um, think about your brain as uh, a muscle that you can also work out in terms of your happiness center. As we said in one of the previous podcasts, and if you've been uh, following our podcast along, you know, we've talked about the Happiness Center quite a bit, particularly when we talked about mental illness uh, and mental issues, uh, that the Happiness Center is a place uh, that is located on the undersurface of the brain in each lobe, the one in the left lobe, one in the right lobe of the brain. It is called the amygdala, the amygdala. A-M-Y-G-D-A-L-A, amygdala. It is a small, um, small uh, walnut-sized structure that is right next to the hippocampus and is on the undersurface of the brain. Its primary purpose, among other things, is to affect how we feel. Its primary purpose is to affect how we feel. In addition to the amygdala, we have different other parts of the brain. And obviously, one of the very important parts of the brain is our conscious part, uh, called the prefrontal cortex. And as the name implies, it is the frontal lobe of the front part of the brain. I like to call it the command center of the brain. Okay, so think in terms of the brain, just in these sections, the other sections, but we're just going to concentrate on these two. And just think about the amygdala, which is the reward center or the happiness center, some people call it, of the brain, and think about the prefrontal cortex or the frontal lobe part of the prefrontal cortex, which is the command center or the CEO of the brain, okay? Because what we're talking about is you consciously thinking about how and and why you are happy and should be happy on a regular basis, so we're talking about a workout. Instead of going to uh, one, one of those physical clubs to work out on a machine, we're, we're talking about you creating this uh, area in your prefrontal context, cortex so that you're able to do this on a regular basis. So just, just, just stay with me for a minute on, on this. Okay? So we've talked about the part of the brain, the amygdala, which is the reward center or the happiness center, and it is a small um, um, round structure in each lobe on the undersurface of the brain adjust adjacent to the hippocampus. Uh, and we're also talking about the prefrontal cortex, which is the prefrontal lobe, the front part of the brain, um, uh, which is the command center, if you will, of the brain. And we we talk about how it's important in terms of it makes the decisions, the conscious decisions that our brain makes uh, on on a daily basis. Now, so you do recognize that the brain functions consciously and unconsciously. Example, uh, when we're sleeping, uh, we are basically 
not conscious. We're not awake. But yet we continue to breathe. We continue to um, the blood flows in our body normally. Our heart continues to beat normally. Our temperature within our body is normally regulated. But we do not consciously do those things. That's that's controlled by that those parts of the brain that deal with our functionality uh, in in an unconscious way. But we're talking about the prefrontal cortex. Uh, the conscious part of the brain, the CEO part of the brain, the command center of the brain, and how that command center re- interacts with the happiness center. Well, one of the things that we know that we have said before on previous uh, discussions that what we believe affects how we think, how we think affects how we feel, and how we feel affects how we act. So again, we're talking about happiness. Right. And we're talking about how you can develop and increase your level of happiness consciously by doing some exercises that you would normally do if you were a physical athlete and were trying to improve your 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 functionality in, in that way. Well, I believe that can also be done um, with happiness. One of the things that we've, we've said before and, we, and we'll say again is that our beliefs many times manage our conscious and subconscious activity. It affects how we feel. It affects how we think, which subsequently affects how we act. What's my point? My point is, if you have an old, outdated belief system based on maybe an experience you had when you were 10 years old, and let's assume that that was a negative experience, but you continue to carry that belief system into your 30s and 40s and 50s, that is affecting, without you being consciously aware, many times how you think, how you feel, and how you act. And so how would you know that's happening? Whenever you are having negative feelings, I suggest to you to go back and re-examine why you're having those negative feelings. Um, I recommend having a conversation with the person in the mirror. That's certainly what I do. And say, well, well why is this happening? Or why, why, did I, why do I think this about this guy or this, this young lady? I've never met them before. So why, why am I having a negative thought about them? And you'll be surprised that many times it'll be based on something you were told. Or, or you saw or you thought you saw or experienced that no longer has relevance to you as an adult. And so my point is, again, using the same mental and physical analogy, uh, if you want to get in shape to, say, run a marathon in six months, you probably want to get rid of excess fat or excess weight. And you want to strengthen those muscles because you're going to need them for that 26.2 mile marathon that you're going to run. The same thing is true in terms of your happiness center or your mental health, if you will, that uh, you want to get rid of those beliefs that are negative, that are not in any way beneficial to you. Because basically, they're just, in effect, dead weight, and they're holding you back from being able to progress at at a more efficient rate. So what I'm talking about, uh, theoretically, is a mental health or mental fitness boot camp, so to speak. Okay, we have the physical camps. Uh, you know, certainly athletes, uh, the, the professional athletes, go to these very elegant camps uh, to improve their skills even more. I'm suggesting that we can have a similar type approach in our minds, consciously. 
So how do we do that? And I'm sure some of you are asking that question. Well, we, we do it by exercising. We do it the same way the, the physical athletes do. Uh, we exercise our mind. And what are some of the exercises that we can do mentally? And these I recommend are daily exercises I recommend. Think good thoughts. That's not very difficult, certainly. And I, I, I suggest to you that if you have difficulty thinking good thoughts, then you really want to work on thinking good thoughts. But my point is that in our day, in our 24-hour span that we're conscious, or say 15 hours that we're conscious, um, some, some good things happen. Some good things happen. Uh, sometimes whether we see them or not, and that, that's, a, that's a different discussion. So I, I want you to think good thoughts, you know, something that happened. Um, today or in in or each individual day that's good so i want you to think about that daily i want you to think about good people surely there are people in your life who are good uh, that you know um and you want to think about those people um daily it's probably in more than one uh, so you can think about the same person or you can think about another person however you want to do it i leave that up to you think about at least one positive event every single day. Now, it's not that good and bad stuff does not happen to us, but most of the times we may not think about it. And unfortunately, and this is my belief, is that we humans tend to think, pay more attention to the bad than, than we do to the good, for whatever reason. Um, I, and so what I'm going to suggest to you is to consciously, using your prefrontal cortex, think about at least one positive event that has occurred to you with you or to you each day. Another thing, daily, think about what you're grateful for. And trust me, we can all be grateful for something. We can be grateful that we're alive. So just, just think about something. It could be the same thing you can do each day, or it could be something different. I leave that up to you. Um, but think about something positive uh, or something that you're grateful for uh, each day. When I was growing up, we used to call that counting your blessings. So think about a blessing that you received each day. Now, this type of physical or mental workout, if you will, this type of mental exercise, positive mental exercise toward happiness takes time. You are not going to start uh, in a week and at the end of that week be three times as happy as you were seven days prior. Just like you are going to start exercising for a marathon and seven days later be in fit and in good shape to run a marathon. It takes time. And so what does that mean? It means you have to be patient. Now, sometimes many of us don't like that, that word being patient, but it is a requisite process, part of the process to get us to the state that we want to be. In addition to having good physical health by eating properly and exercising, we want to have good mental health by eating properly and exercising our minds. We know that within the body, in the area of the happiness center, i.e. the amygdala, that the prefrontal cortex and the brain controls our feelings uh, with the use of neurotransmitters. And some of these neurotransmitters are hormones, um, and prevalent among them are hormones uh, like uh, dopamine and serotonin. Uh, when those hormones are high, um, um, physicians uh, and neuropharmacists and neuro, uh, neurologists uh, neurosurgeons can measure the, do uh, the dopamine level. Uh, when our dopamine's, uh, dopamine level is high, we are happy, we're motivated, we're alert, we're focused. 
uh, when our dopamine and or serotonin is, is not uh, in its optimal level, uh, we tend to be tired, unmotivated, unhappy, mood swing, having mood swings, sleep problems, and concentration problems. That's important because that's how physicians who treat um, uh, mental issues are able to use medication uh, appropriately uh, to help you to get over some of those particular problems. One of the things that we know is that men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Uh, and so it's important that we not try to control each other, particularly uh, don't try to control your spouse because she doesn't act the way you act or because he doesn't act the way you act. Many years ago, there was a very famous singer, a name, I think his name was Bobby McFerrin. Um, now, I, I'm, um, this is back in the 80s, so you, you, you uh, Gen Zers won't have an idea, won't have a clue what I'm talking about here. But you baby boomers will, and some of the rest of you will. But he came out with a song. This is, I think it was 1988. Uh, and the song said, don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. And what he used to, he was just used to hum the tune. And many of us used to all hum the tune. Do, 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 do. Don't worry, be happy. And my point is, it is helpful sometimes uh, if you listen to music and that soothes you and it relaxes you, that you listen to more music. Um, if you like to take walks uh, and that makes you feel good, take more walks. Uh, if you like to, uh, take long drives along the coast or go to the ocean. Um, and take more trips to the ocean and take more long drives. Do those things that help you as you are exercising that happiness center in your brain um, to keep you happier uh, more effectively and over a longer period of time. One of the things that's important also is that uh, in life, things will happen that are mistakes. You will make mistakes because we're all human um, and we're not perfect and we're going to make mistakes. But one of the things I suggest to you that when you do make mistakes is that you make sure that you learn from the mistakes. In other words, that you take the negative, uh, a mistake, let's say, and turn it into a positive. And let's call that positive an opportunity. So you take the negative, the mistake that you made, and turn it into a positive and make it an opportunity that helps you. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Personal example. When I was in medical school in New Haven, Connecticut, when I, I, I went to Yale Medical School, and then I was also selected to do my um, uh, postdoctoral training there as an intern and as a surgical resident, when I was an intern, I remember when I rotated through the surgery service and I, and I decided to go into surgery. So it was a very important service for me personally. My impression was that the professor of, of that service, the person who was head of that service when I was rotating through, uh, would, would not speak to me. He just would, would not acknowledge my presence and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I just had all sorts of fits with that. Um, and my take on it immediately was, oh, he's, um, he's, he's a bad person. Um, he just doesn't like people who look like me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
And so I remember one time that the same thing occurred. I, I think I tried to answer a question. He ignored me and called on somebody else. And so when when that process was over, I went into the surgeon's lounge, and I guess I was talking out loud, and the chief resident, chief surgical resident, sort of followed me in or came into the lounge. And he was listening to me, I guess, going through my my soliloquy, if you will, about uh, how, how tough things were or whatever, how this guy just didn't like me, was not treating me well. And he looked at me and he said, Choctaw, what is your problem? And I said, but the guy doesn't like me and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and the chief, res- chief surgical resident looked at me and he said, Choctaw, you're an intern. You're a surgical intern. Nobody likes you. Nobody likes surgical interns. You're at the bottom of the barrel. This is the process. <laughs> this is the way we treat interns. He said, it has nothing to do with what you look like or where you're from or how you talk. This is how we treat surgical interns. I learned a very important lesson at that moment. I learned that my idea of why this professor was treating me a certain way was completely wrong. It had nothing to do with what I look like. It had nothing to do with what I was for, uh, where I was from. It had to do with the process that was in place to make me a high-quality, functioning general surgeon. That's what I was going through. But I missed that because I was in my own stuff. So what I learned from that was that whenever I am in a training situation or educational situation, and someone appears to treat me in a negative way, I don't go to point zero like I did when I was at Yale Medical School. I pause and I say, did I do something or am I misinterpreting this? Uh, Because I remember back when I was in medical school, I I was completely wrong. My point is that one experience has helped me. It has decreased stress in my life because I don't worry about bad things happening to me that I can't control, number one. Number two, it makes me not repeatedly make the mistake of assuming a negative when a negative is not there. So my point is, you will make mistakes, but you can take those mistakes, certainly some of them, and turn them into positives. And I can tell you, I still remember that today. Um, I'm 75 years old, and that was over 50 years ago, as we've talked about. Uh, and it's been a positive in my life. It's, it's made me a better person. So I, I, I pass that on to you. Turn negatives into positives. Again, similar to what we were just talking about. Negative things will be done or said to you. And whatever those perceived negative things are, always see how you can turn it around. See how you can make it work as a positive for you. Uh, And you will find that not only will that make you happier, it'll make you less sad. And and that's basically the same thing. So happiness is equal to happiness of oneself and group therapy. So happiness really is self and group therapy occurring at the same time. Think about that. When you're around somebody who's happy, and I'm sure you know somebody who's happy all the time, always has a smile, and whenever they come into the room, it's like the room lights up, you know, um, or in a meeting, like the meeting lights up. My my wife is like that. When when she walks into a room, the whole room lights up, you know. 
folks like that basically will uh, make you feel good, and you may not even know them um, with just being around them or being in the area. And so my point is, just be aware of that, uh, and that that is therapeutic, and it's certainly uh, that something that you want to participate in. In conclusion, happiness, by my definition, is continuous joy. I believe it is therapeutic. I believe it is healthy. I believe that happiness, basically, which occurs in the happiness center in the brain, um, uh, can grow and be developed uh, consciously um, by working with the prefrontal cortex of the brain, the CEO of the command center of the brain, by consciously doing things every day, thinking certain things every single day that ends up keeping you positive and making you a better person and making you happier. And I think the happier you are, the healthier you are. Uh, as we mentioned also, um, always evaluate your belief system. Uh, the belief system should be an evolving system. Certainly what I learned when I was 15 years old, I know better at 75 years of age. Um, so I would encourage you to constantly revisit any negative thoughts or feelings that you might have. And you'll be amazed at the number of times that you are incorrect. One of the other things that we talked about um, is one of the ways to grow that amygdala and, and those happy thoughts of your happiness center um, is just think daily about what you're grateful. If you have children, I'm sure you're grateful for them or grandchildren or spouses or families or friends, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're there. So it's important that we start noticing those things. My basic principles, God is always in charge. I am a physician of faith, and indeed it has been my faith in God that has sustained me uh, over these many years. I don't have any bad days. Principle number two, I decided about 20 years ago that I'd had enough bad days, so I have either good days or great days. Principle number three, I don't sweat the small stuff, and most stuff is small. Uh, and I figure that out. Um, principle number four, forgiveness is therapy. I've learned that when people do or I perceive that they've done something negative toward me, I forgive them immediately. It does not matter who's right or wrong. I found that just by doing the act of forgiving, that that is therapeutic for me and many times uh, eliminates any other potential difficulty. And finally, everything is a relationship. And relationships are based on three things, mutual respect, mutual trust, good communication. If you have those three things, you have a good relationship. If you do not, then you have some work to do. In conclusion, be the change you want to see in the world. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast with Dr. William Choctaw, MD, JD. We hope you enjoyed this episode. In fact, if you found this episode helpful, you can support and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform with the keywords Dr. William Choctaw. And you'll find it very quickly. Also, subscribing helps ensure that you don't miss any future episodes. And then take the next step of action and share it with your family, friends, and or your co-workers. They'll be glad you did. So until the next time, live your best possible life the best possible way.
You've been listening to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast with Dr. William Choctaw, MD, JD.